Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. Hello again, everyone. My name is Neil Haney. I'm senior pastor of Vineyard Church of Northridge. And welcome to Resurrection Sunday Message. 500 years ago, a man by the name of Martin Luther was a young uh, law student. And he and his friend were walking together through a field and a thunderstorm blew up. And so they took shelter under a tree. And of course, that's not a very good idea because lightning struck the tree and instantly killed his friend. And as Martin Luther is standing stunned over his friend, looking down at him, The next thought, besides I just lost my friend, was, what if that had been me? Where would I be right now? And it terrified him. And it wouldn't go away. The fear wouldn't go away. And so he left law school. And he began to try to find peace with God and peace with his own conscience. Because he had lived a very licentious life. He had, had, uh, in, in, you know, college, he had been a drunkard and a and a womanizer, and just lived a, a licentious life, just, just doing anything he wanted to. And suddenly he's faced with death and faced with his own mortality. Now you can imagine a 20-something-year-old, you know, not really thinking that anything bad would ever happen to them, and suddenly your best friend's dead. You know, it's like, where would I be? And so he left law school and began to try to pursue his own salvation, And he ended up pursuing it through the church, the religious institution at the time, and actually took a vow of celibacy and entered a monastery where he began to to go through all the religious rituals and try to do everything that he could to be a good person. And yet he couldn't find peace with God. He couldn't find peace with his own conscience. He just couldn't find peace at all. And he was terrified to die. The fear of death just gripped him. And so he spent several years doing these things. He, his father confessor actually refused to, to meet with him anymore because he kept confessing the same sins over and over and over again. But he says, I don't feel forgiven. I confess my sins, but I still don't feel forgiven. And he did everything he could to earn his salvation, to earn his way into peace with God, and it didn't work. And so he began to read through the, the, the Bible, and he was reading through the New Testament, and he got to the book of Romans. And Martin Luther was reading the first chapter of the book of Romans when he read this. Paul says in verse 16 of chapter 1, I am not ashamed of the gospel, which means good news, because it is the power of God for, for the salvation of everyone who believes. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. And the Holy Spirit suddenly enlightened his eyes and Martin Luther saw that it was by faith in Christ and Christ alone, faith in Christ, that our salvation comes, that righteousness comes. And suddenly he felt this peace that he had been wanting, this this relief that he had been seeking because suddenly he believed the gospel. Suddenly he believed that that his righteousness was based on Christ and what he had done on the cross and, and what happened in the resurrection and not based on 
his own works and his own religious duties and activities. And so Martin Luther became like he began to to uh, try to tell his cohorts at the monastery this good news that he had discovered. Hey, it's not based on all this religious stuff. It's based on faith alone. In fact, he wrote in the margin of his Bible, faith alone. Faith alone. That's what he discovered. And that's the gift that he has given to the church. That our, our salvation is based on faith alone and what Christ has done for us. Did you know, Martin Luther, um, in, in his zeal and uh, in, in his relief of his sins being forgiven so that he could not be separated from God and, and go to heaven when he died, he really never ventured past Romans 5 in his theology. Romans 5 ends with just that our sins are forgiven based on what Christ has done for us in his death. But he never got into what Christ has done for us in the resurrection. This is Resurrection Sunday. And if we were together and, and, and I were to be standing before you in a live situation, I would basically have started my sermon saying, Christ is risen. And you would have replied, Christ is risen indeed. So let's just do that right now and I'll do the second part for you. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And that's the beautiful part of, of the gospel is that, is that we serve a risen Lord. That Jesus didn't just die and stay dead. In fact, Paul says in, in Corinthians 15, 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, then we're still in our sins. Over in Romans chapter, chapter 10, uh, Paul says this. It's really interesting to me that he doesn't mention the cross here or the death of Jesus. He's talking about salvation. And he says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart... So you're confessing with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Your salvation is based on belief in saying Jesus is Lord with your mouth and believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. The resurrection, the cross isn't mentioned there. Now, we wouldn't be saved without the cross because that's where Jesus dealt with our sins. And you know, we, I, I, I talk about a truncated gospel uh, I talk about the gospel in the Western church has been boiled down to a little sliver of the real gospel. And this is basically the sliver. Jesus died on the cross for my sins so that I could go to heaven when I die. That's presented as the gospel in so many places, in so many churches. But that's only a small slice of the gospel. The gospel, as I said on Good Friday, is an eternal gospel. It started in the heart and mind of God in eternity. And it's going to culminate in life together with God in eternity and through eternity. The gospel is, is as big as eternity, as big as God. It's the good news about humanity and, and what God has intended for humanity to be, uh, human beings to be his children for eternity and what he's done for us in his son coming to earth, living here, dying and being raised from the dead and returning to the Father and sending his spirit to us. All that's a part of the gospel. And so there is more to the story, even in Romans, than just Jesus died for our sins. So in Romans, so Romans 5 says that as we were in Adam... And through Adam, death 
and, and sin and death came uh, because Adam was the head of our race. He's the, he was the first person. He and Eve took this forbidden fruit, took sin into themselves, became one with sin, and the image of God was distorted. Uh, their authority was given over to Satan to, to rule the world, and uh, that they became subject to sin and death. And they passed that down through all the generations right up to us. But in, in the, the fullness of time, the, the innocent Son of God stepped into the human race and took on a broken body that could be crucified, that could experience death. And he became the last Adam, the second and last Adam. And so he, like Adam was, wrapped us up in his sin and death... Jesus wrapped us up in his obedience and death and took us to the cross with him. So Jesus died for us on the cross, but we died with him on the cross because he summed up the human race and took us to the cross just like Adam had summed up the human race when he sinned and disobeyed. And so in Adam we find death, sin and death. In Christ we find obedience and life. And so Paul writes this, we died to sin. <laughs> we died to sin. How can we live in sin any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? That's why when we do baptism at, at our church, we like to, to take people to the baptistry downstairs and the, the tank of water, and we like to, to lay them back into the water uh, illustrating, demonstrating the fact that we died and were buried with Christ. That's what that means as we lay people back in that water, that they died and were buried with Christ. We were therefore buried with him through baptism in order, uh, in, into death. In order, so let me read that again. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So we were buried with him, we, we died with him, we were buried with him, and we've been raised with him to live a new life in the Spirit. Paul goes on to say, if we have been united with him like this in his death, and we were, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self, our old connection to Adam, was crucified with him. So that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus. So we've been raised with Christ to live a new, a new life in the Spirit. When Jesus sent his spirit to us, um, that's how we, we got uh, connected with his resurrection, his life. And so Paul is saying that, that we are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer obligated to live uh, you know, a sinful life. But we died to sin. We died to, to, to the old Adam. We died to our old connection with Adam and his sin and death. And we've been raised to live a new life. One of the things that, that we experience because we are connected now with Christ in his resurrection is that we no longer fear death. For those that are still in the old Adam, 
Beth is still the, the ultimate terror, the ultimate fear, the ultimate uh, end of all things good. And when those who are still in the old Adam die, they're separated from life. They're separated from God. They're separated from everything that's good. Light and life and love and, and everything that's good. And so death becomes the ultimate enemy. It becomes the terrible culmination of a life lived in Adam and sin. In the old Adam. But for us who are in Christ, those who have been connected to his resurrection and now live resurrected with Christ and in him, death is simply a doorway. A, a, it's, a, it's, it's a passageway into life, into more life. It's, um, uh, it's, it, you know, Paul says, he doesn't talk about Christians dying. He says, he, he says uh, so-and-so fell asleep. In Jesus, it's like we fall asleep here and wake up there. We take our last breath here and our first breath there. That's what death is to us. It's just a doorway. It's a passageway. It's a something that we step across from this life into the fullness of eternal life, of life forever with God, in the fullness of everything that He has for us for all eternity. And so we, so so I want to say this. When I said a few minutes ago, Christ has risen. Christ has risen indeed. I would love also to say we have risen. We have risen indeed because of our life being connected with His. Paul said in Galatians two twenty, "I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me." And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself to death for me and now lives in me. Now, the beautiful thing about the resurrection is in resurrection life now in Christ. I, I, I want to share this with you and, and uh, in Colossians. I'm just going to read some scripture from, um, from Colossians 2 and 3 and tie this up. For in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. In other words, when Jesus took on a human body, he took on a broken human body. Then he, that broken human body was put on the cross and all our sin and all our shame and all our death and all of who we are in the old Adam was put on him. In, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that sin was put back on the tree where Adam took it from in Christ's body. And so his broken body was crucified on the cross. He took all of our brokenness and nailed it back on the tree. But when he rose from the dead, he rose with a new body. He was given a new body. It was a body that could walk through walls. It was a body, if you read in the book of Acts, Jesus, the disciples didn't even recognize him except for his hands and feet and the, the place in his side because his body was new. And he could eat food, but he could also walk through walls and appear and disappear. And so in, in verse, uh, verse 9 of chapter 2, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ. In other words... Jesus, in, in his body, is all the fullness of deity, of godness. And in us, his fullness dwells. So he's brought his deity into us. 
We are forever connected in the family of God as a child of God, and we share in, in the deity of Christ. In Him you were also circumcised in putting off your sinful nature. Our sinful nature was taken away, that old Adam again. Having been buried with Him in baptism and raised with Him through your faith in the power of God who raised Him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and your sinful nature, God made you alive in Christ, having forgiven all your sins. You died with Christ. Then in chapter 3, verse 1, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Since you have been raised with Christ, set your minds and your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. You see, Jesus has become our life. Those of us who have been raised from the dead are no longer in Adam. We are in Christ. And let me explain what that means. All that Christ is and all that Christ has is now ours here. Two scriptures real quick in, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, I believe it's verse 17. It says that God has given us every spiritual gift in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And then in, in 1 John four seventeen, it says, As He is, as Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father, so are we in this world. We have not only been resurrected with Christ to live a new life, we've been given His Spirit, and through His Spirit, we can live just like Jesus lived. We can live the way Jesus lives now. In fact, we are, at this moment, seated at the right hand of the Father, and we're still living on this earth. We are people that are from the age to come, living in this present age. We are, that's what we believe in the vineyard, that, that, that we are resurrected people living currently in this fallen world. But we're to live like Jesus. And so the night before he died, he told his disciples, anyone who believes in me will do the things that I've been doing and even greater things than these. I'm going to send you my spirit and then you're going to live like I've been living, doing the miracles that I've been doing. I want to give you an example of that. There's a woman by the name of Heidi Baker. She and her husband started a ministry called Iris Ministry in, um, in an African nation. And they, um, they were there for, an, for like 16 years and were able to plant three churches. And two of them were doing okay. One of them was about to die. In Mozambique. And so after 16 years of ministry with very little fruit, very little conversions, very little, seeing very little of anything happen, they came back to the United States to, uh, to attend a, a revival that was happening in Toronto at the airport vineyard in Toronto. Is what, that's what it was called at the time. And during that week that she was there at this revival, at the revival meetings, she encountered Christ. And he told her he was going to give her the nation of Mozambique. And from that, she, and he asked, the Lord asked her, do you want Mozambique? And she said, yes, Lord. And when she said, yes, Lord, she was unable to move from her neck down for the rest of the week. She was laid out. She, she could not move. For seven days, she had to be carried into the meetings and carried out of the meetings she had to be fed, given water. But she had this, this incredible encounter with Christ. 
He filled her with his spirit. And she went back to Mozambique. And over the next 12 to 15 years, she, she and her Iris ministry planted over 6,000 churches. I, I recently read statistics that over half the people, over 50% of the people in Mozambique are now Christian. There are daily healings. She will take a group of children that she cares for into a village, that, uh, a completely Muslim village. People don't know Christ. She will say, bring out your, your blind people, your deaf people. They'll, there's always there, some there in this culture. They bring out the blind and the deaf. The children pray for these people. Their sight is recovered. Their ears are open. And Heidi preaches the gospel. And the whole village comes to Christ. And by village by village by village, she's been able to transform that nation. One, one, one woman and her husband too, I mean, they, they worked together, of course, and her team. She went back to Mozambique, led her team into uh, the same kind of experience and encounter with Christ that she had experienced. But, but from there on, it's been doing the stuff that Jesus did. The miracles, the healings, the, the conversions, the salvations, and and she and so so what's happening is Jesus is living his life out through her. He wants to do that with every single Christian. He wants to live his resurrection life through his Spirit through every one of us that have come to him. And so he is risen. He is risen indeed. But if you belong to Christ, you have risen. You have risen indeed. And he wants to live his resurrection life through you. In the power of his spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He wants to live through you in the power of his spirit. Now if you on this resurrection Sunday. Have not yet left the old Adam. And come into the new Adam. I want to lead you in a prayer. A prayer to, to become connected with the life of Christ. Jesus told Nicodemus in John Chapter 3, the, the Jewish leader that had come to see him, he says, he says, Nicodemus, you have to be born again. You have to be born of the Spirit. Nicodemus couldn't understand it. He's like, Jesus is saying, you're still in the old Adam. You need to be born again by the Spirit into the new, into the new Adam, into me, through my Spirit. If you've not done that yet, if you've not been born again, if you've not been born of the Spirit, if you've not entered into Jesus' resurrection life, then I want to lead you in this prayer. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I believe that what Neil said is true. That you were raised from the dead by the power of God, by the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for removing my sins. Fill me with your life-giving spirit. And if you've prayed that, just thank him. Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying for my sins. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you for giving me your life-giving spirit. And thank you for letting me join you in your resurrection. Because you have been, you have died with him now You've been buried with him and you've been raised to live a new life in the spirit. Resurrection life. And I want to pray for everyone here, uh, that everyone watching. Father God, 
I pray that everyone who is watching who knows you will begin to experience an encounter with the living Christ. Will begin to be filled to all the fullness of God with the Holy Spirit. And I pray that we all can begin to live the fullness of the life of Christ out on this earth. Through leading people to Christ. Through healing people. Through setting people free from demonic spirits. Through signs, wonders, prophecy. Words of knowledge. I pray that we could actually live the way you lived, Lord Jesus, when you were here. And that we can be your hands and feet, your mouth and eyes. We can be your ambassadors, your representatives, the, the people, the resurrection people through whom you want to live your life. May you live your life through each of us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.